2: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast.
0: I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's executive digital director, West Coast. What's happening, Katie? It's Christmas time. It's Keith. Christmas time. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not yet, really, but sure it is. <laughs> it is on our charts. That's for sure. We are, as we record this,
2: we are a scant 12 days away from Christmas. Is that true? I'm not ready. Today's we are recording this on
0: the 13th, the same Ugh. day that we're posting the show. Wow just 12 days. I've got away. a Christmas manicure, a nice burgundy. Do the 12 days of Christmas start <laughs> the
2: 12 days before or after? I, I think, think
0: before, it's, I but it is about gifts, time. so maybe it's after. Is someone out there actually giving 12 days of gifts after Christmas? I think I think <laughs> there, I think it actually
2: might be 12. <sighs> there's there's something to do, I think in sort of ye old sort of ye old Christmas with an old with When a, a lot y- of birds were given as gifts? No, <laughs> oh, I'm saying like I think I think there is something to, I forget what it's called. Um there's there is a the span of time after the Christmas holiday, especially in England, where it's sort of still fair for you to still have Christmas lights up and decorations and I think I want to say it's 12 days. Hmm. Well, according to Taylor Swift's lover, we can leave the Christmas lights up till January. Wait, so on January 1st <laughs> at 12:01 a.m. we have to yank everything down?
0: <laughs> no, till January. I'd say that means January 31st. Oh. Yeah. Through I'm... January, maybe. I'm not sure about the... Uh, yeah, mm. we've gotten off track. No, we haven't. <laughs> I this mean, is, it is. It's this, our Christmas episode. This is complete...
2: This, Yes, it is. <laughs> I mean, also, you know, spoiler alert, we'll probably have some more Christmassy things in the next, you know, coming episode. That's fair. All right. Well, anyway, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats, and stories new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on how Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You returns to number one on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, and how producer Metro Boomin' scores his third number one album on the Billboard 200 with the chart-topping debut of Heroes and Villains.
0: Also on the show, we're talking to Alicia Keys about her very first Christmas album, Santa Baby. The superstar singer-songwriter joined Keith and I last week to break down the lush R&B holiday project, which includes a mix of classic Christmas covers and original songs by Keys. So stick around for that. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Okay, let's do the chart chat.
2: First off on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart. Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You adorns the top of the chart once again as the song first released in 1994 rises from number 2 to number 1.
0: I love the inevitability of this now. Yeah. It's it was it was such a novelty a few years ago. It's
2: inevitable until it doesn't happen again. It'll happen. No, I'm saying, like, at some point. Oh, until,
0: until wait, you mean, like, in some future holiday? In, in some
2: future holiday, there will be a time we assume that this will not That's the number it, one.
0: Uh, in one of our five burning questions uh, that we did on Billboard.com, Andrew asked what we think is a likely, like, successor to these this trio that's kind of had a chokehold. On the holiday, uh, 100, which is Mariah. all I want for Christmas is you. Brenda, um, Brenda hey, Lee, Rock rocking around, around the Christmas tree, and uh, Bobby Helms, Jingle Ball Rock. And yeah, so we had to like give our answers. I said something. I said Felice Navidad's coming for their throats. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I actually said that, but. It feels like sometimes
2: five burning questions is really just like pop shop podcast, uh, text based. No, they version. do have.
0: It's true. They have very fun topics often, that
2: we often would discuss too. Uh, often, oftentimes, I've been informed by people that a lot of the things that you say in the podcast are things that you've said in five burning. Is questions. that true? Yes.
0: Well, that's because I, you can't plagiarize yourself, right? There, there's there's only <laughs> there's only so many opinions you can have. I usually reference that I already said it in five burning questions. Now okay, yeah, I'm not attacking you. <laughs> all
2: right. Well, all I want for Christmas is you. Is also number 1 on our streaming songs chart it rises 23 to 17 on the all format radio songs chart and it holds at number 7 on the digital song sales chart all i want for christmas is you has hit number 1 in each of the last 4 holiday seasons including the current one so that's so this season is the fourth one dating back to the 2019 2020 season and what i mean by that is the season in my brain kind of starts and say like November and runs through early January of the following year. Uh, The song has now spent a total of nine weeks at number one, the third most weeks at number one among Mariah's 19 number one hits. For now. For now. It surpasses the eight-week runs of both Dream Lover and Fantasy, and it would maybe only be a matter of time before Christmas catches up to the number one runs of Mariah's We Belong Together, which has 14 weeks, and one sweet day with boys to men with sixteen weeks.
0: I guess I never really thought about the fact that it could get the record. It could record.
2: pass Little Nas X.
0: Yeah, nineteen theory. weeks.
2: I mean, it usually it's usually number one for like two to three weeks every year, mm-hmm. um, depending on if there's you know like some monster hit in the way, like a Taylor Swift or something that. Well, it started out of the early sky.
0: this year. It could have. I'd say
2: four weeks would be totally reasonable this year. Well, it could conceivably get three more weeks at number one this season. As we have three more tracking weeks on the Hot 100 this year, those are the weeks ending December 15th, the one that we're currently in as we record this, December 22nd, and December 29th. I do have to say that the week ending December 29th, that's 29, 28, 27, 26, 25, 24, 23. So there's still four kind of real days of holidays in there.
0: It's kind of a, but to your point, the people in England are over there gifting for 12 more days. <laughs> I, I think people, I think people, I
2: think it'll kind of crest on like Christmas Eve, Christmas morning. Yeah. When people probably open up their newfound technology, schmeck shmeck and ask them to play songs that are Christmas And those
0: holiday stations don't switch right back. They stay for a few extra days after the holiday. So, so in theory,
2: yeah. we could get three more weeks it of number It feels very likely. Of course, saying all that. Unless something falls out of the sky, perhaps maybe a new SZA single from her new album that came out last Great Friday. Great album. Great album. You know, maybe another, like, uh, The Weeknd has a song in Avatar, The Way of Water, which yeah. I did not realize until very recently. So who knows what that could do? Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Who uh, we will tell you. Yeah, we'll keep listening. We'll be here. <laughs> uh, next, over on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, producer Metro Boomin notches his third number one album as Heroes and Villains debuts atop the list with his biggest week yet. 185,000 equivalent album units earned in the U.S. in the week ending December 8th, of course, according to Luminate. The 15-song Heroes and Villains boasts a cavalcade of heavy hitter <laughs> Featured guest artists because obviously Metro Boomin is a producer. Well, maybe not, maybe not necessarily obviously to all listeners. Metro Boomin is a producer. He's not a rapper. Correct. So he needs people to come in and rap on his beats. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so on the album, we have everyone from 21 Savage, ASAP Rocky, Chris Brown, Future, Gunna, John Legend, Travis Scott, The Late Takeoff is on the album, Don Tolliver, The Weeknd, Young Thug, and Unbuilt spoken cameos from Morgan Freeman. Oh, cool! God himself. <laughs> he's, on, he's on three different tracks, and in fact, on one of the tracks, he's on it for like almost thirty seconds. And immediately, this is the way my brain works. You're like, duh, that's Morgan Freeman. Well, no. Oh, okay. I mean, I knew I I read that he was on the okay, album, okay. and then I went to the 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 album on streaming services and on iTunes, but he's not listed as a featured artist. Oh, interesting. I'm like, why didn't someone from Morgan Freeman's team get Yeah, let him? my man get a Grammy over why, here. Why why isn't why isn't it like, you know, Metro Boomin featuring Young Thug and Morgan Freeman. Sure. Like Morgan Freeman could have had a hot 100 hit then, cuz yeah. all the songs from this album debut on the Hot 100. I this love week. the idea of that. Do you have answers? No. <laughs> you just don't know. But it but it also reminds me of how uh, in January, The Weeknd released his Dawn FM album mm-hmm. and on it Jim Carrey was the narrator. Jim Carrey. Or the, the DJ. He was the DJ, but he also had significant, you know, like maybe 20, 30 seconds on a couple tracks. I think one or two of them actually charted on the Hot 100. So in theory, Jim Carrey could have had a way to chart on the Hot 100. Yeah. Yeah. But he wasn't. We like built. stuff like that, you guys. I love stuff like this because <laughs> I re- I remember, remember when, um, when um the hanging tree from the Hunter oh Jennifer Games, Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence got a
0: top twenty. The hit. Rock in Moana had a hot one hundred hit. He sang that.
2: Yeah, he actually sang that. This is like Jennifer Lawrence. She she sang that too. That's right. But I guess I guess I, my brain just works in a way where I'm just like it's fun to see performers on songs that maybe are maybe Will Ferrell should have
0: been credited on Paris by Jay Z and Kanye. He has the the line from um, that funny movie, the ice skating movie. Is it Blades of Glory? Oh, right. Okay. Um, yeah, where it says, like, it's provocative. It gets the people going.
2: Well, how much is how much is he on the song?
1: It's, the, it's okay. literally
2: that line. It's four seconds. I'm also reminded. Okay, I realize I'm digressing. <laughs> I'm also reminded of how um, um, on, one of my favorite bands, the Scissor Sisters, they had a song called Invisible Light. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ian McKellen does this incredible, long spoken word bridge. That's like really like one of the greatest voices in Hollywood. It's it's so cool. And I'm like, why isn't he billed? Why didn't he? He's not billed like as a featured artist. And I'm like, in another world, that could have been like Grammy bait.
0: Are they just? I mean, not to get too you know businessy, but are they just? Paying these people a flat fee and then setting them on their way, so they don't want to give them like streaming Maybe. royalties and anything else future, you know, earnings.
2: I'm, I'm guessing it's something. Obviously, it's like something legal, contractual, mm-hmm. you know, with, yeah. you, know, you know, who knows. Yeah. But it's it's a fun, interesting story, and I'm really digressing. So anyway, um, Metro Boomin has previously <laughs> hit number one on the Billboard 200 with Savage Mode Two, which was a collaborative set with Twenty One Savage back in 2020, and not all heroes wear capes. Another star-studded album, which opened at number one in 2018. Also in the top 10 on the Billboard 200, Mariah Carey's Merry Christmas climbs back to the top 10, jumping 11 to 10. The album initially peaked at number three in its first holiday season back in 1994 and has returned to the top 10 in each of the last four holiday seasons.
0: A great album. We know that, you know, All I Want for Christmas is You is like probably the big driving force here. But her uh, Oh Holy Night. Oh, my God. So good. Such a good vocal.
2: Next week on the Billboard 200, look for SZA's new SOS album to impact the chart. It's her first album since 2017's top five charting, Control. While A Boogie With The Hoodie, who has charted three top ten albums, is due to debut on the list with Me Versus Myself. Both SOS and Me Versus Myself were released on December 9th. Will any more A-list albums drop before the end of the year? Well, it's not normally a time when superstars release new albums, as the music biz kind of closes up shop in the last two weeks of the year. But anything is possible, and we will keep you posted.
0: And now it's time for our interview with Alicia Keys. Yeah. Alicia is our very special guest on a Christmas edition of the podcast, since she just put out her first ever Christmas album, Santa Baby. The
2: album is a super lush R&B holiday album, and in our conversation with Alicia, we talk about how she approached the writing of original Christmas music, how she chose the classic Christmas covers on the project, and what she remembers about celebrating Christmas with her family as a kid and now with her own family.
0: She also talks about what it means to her to be part of the timeless music that reemerges every year for the holidays. So please enjoy our festive new chat with Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. Hey, how you doing? We're doing great. Thank you so much for joining us. You're actually the special guest for our annual Christmas episode. And we're so excited to talk to you about your first ever Christmas album, Santa Baby, which is out now. So first yes. off, had you been kicking around the idea for a holiday album for a while? And and why did now feel like the right time?
1: definitely have been thinking about it for some years. You know, um, people would say, Alicia, you have to do a holiday album. You do such a great holiday album. And I was like, yeah, no, I'd love to do one. but you know time passed and time passed and and then finally it just felt like this was a great time i was able to record it while i was on tour um so it has a very cohesive sound santa baby is such it has a soulfulness a rawness it has that new york energy in it too but it just feels like something you can play from top to bottom and i recorded it like that we recorded it very you know consistently over about seven days and it all really felt feels cohesive and, and great and so I love it. I think now is the time. It's my first release off of my own independent record label, Alicia Keys Records. So it makes it even better. And I mean, man, I'm out here and it's just feeling it's feeling great. I love it. I wanted to talk to you about the sound because there's
0: moments that really seem like they recall your, your earliest albums with the very piano forward sound and the spoken word bits. And and then it also feels like a very intentional R&B album too, both traditional and current R&B. Was that kind of what you were going into the project aiming
1: for? you know, I really just wanted to do my favorites. I wanted to do my favorite songs. I wanted to do songs that I have memories of for over the years. I wanted to write new songs for it. And I did, I did because I find that when you do music, if you capture a certain moment in time and, it, and you keep it close enough together, they do have a similar sound quality. You know, if, if you, Sometimes I from recording a project it, it might take a year or, you know, over that time you kind of shift and you move into different feelings and emotions, which I love and I love the diversity. But this one, because it was really contained, um, it, it really does harness a sound. And that sound is always gonna have that soulfulness. Everything that I touch is gonna have a Soulfulness is going to have something that feels warm. I I want it to feel meaningful. I want the lyrics and things to be things that you, you know, that you never forget that, that, you know, again, they create memories. So for me, I wanted to record songs that were my memories and create new ones for new memories.
2: I mean, speaking of that, you know, that while the album has a lot of, you know, familiar favorites on it, there are some new songs that you wrote on the album. Um, I want to start with December back to June. Um, I think this song sounds like it could be uh, sort of an evergreen song, you know, it has a sentiment that is kind of a year round kind of vibe. Um, you know, talk, talk us through that. Where did the idea for that track come from?
1: I love that song so much. I love December Back to June. Um, It is the lead single off of the Santa Baby album, and it just feels so right. It was produced by Tommy Parker, actually, and what was so fun about it is that most of the stuff was already done, and he sent me this idea, and what I loved about it is I could have sworn it was a Jackson 5 sample. I was like, where did he find this Christmas Jackson 5 song that I've never heard? In all my life and so I, you know I talked to him and I'm like is this a you know is this a sample or what is this and he had actually created that voice and that kind of sampley sounding pitch and I fell in love with it because to me it felt like a you don't know my name or it felt like you know one of these songs that I've I that I that are my style like that kind of 70s sample but put a modern approach on it and so it totally was a hundred percent me and he said that he created it with that in mind to really make something that would be 1000% like me. And so that's where it began. And then another amazing writer, Taylor Parks, who I just adore, she started kind of bouncing around some ideas and I was loving the melodies and like some of the sentiments And we came together and created all of the lyrics and all the pieces. But my favorite part was that it, it doesn't feel like a Christmas song. Although when you hear it and you hear it blatantly says it's Christmas time, it says December, it says this Christmas all the words are in there but it's so modern it's so fresh and it's so kind of unexpected that you so many people are like is that a Christmas song Oh, I just thought it was a great song. And I think that's the, you know, that's the key. It's that type of type of energy. The whole record gives you that. It just feels like great music.
0: Keith's next question was literally going to be about what we thought was a Jackson 5 sample. <laughs> so you explained the entire thing <laughs> perfectly. Um, you know, how do you approach writing a, a Christmas song, a new Christmas song? Are you kind of holding your songs up to the standard of these classic Christmas songs? Or are you just trying to get inspired by the holiday season? How does that work?
1: I think it depends. Like one of the, one of the songs on the album is called old memories at Christmas and it actually old memories is a song that was on my keys album, but it feels so classic that I wanted to give it the perspective of what happens with your memories at Christmas, because I think that's such a, time to create memories. And a lot of times you're very nostalgic or you're remembering things that you, you know, make you feel good. It kind of haunts you, these memories. And so I wanted to make this special version for the holiday album. Um, There's another song called You Don't Have to Be Alone. And I really wrote that one specifically for a few personal, um, people in my life who I think oftentimes feel really lonely at the holidays. I think it it brings up a lot of emotions. If you've you've experienced some deep loss during the year, it feels really hard to kind of feel comfortable and to find your place. Um, You know, even just how the world is right now with feeling the uncertainty of the financial climate or uncertainty of just like, you know, safety or fairness or all the things that are going on you feel lonely you feel misunderstood and and so um, I wanted I wanted to capture that emotion and say that you don't have to be alone and you know even though you might feel alone that's the most important time for for relationships and community and I think that's the most important thing about the holidays you know we kind of get wrapped up in you know the Kind of commercial side. It's easy if you have kids. The kids are asking, "Mommy, can I have this and that and this?" And sometimes in our relationships, you feel like you have to give people these monetary gifts. But in actuality, you know, all that actually matters is that that time, that time spent, and those memories created. So, so that's the most important part. And I definitely am all about that. So. Writing the songs have definitely been brought from special moments. One of my favorite songs is Not Even the King. To me, this is one of the best songs I think I've ever written. I wrote it with Emily Sandy. She's one of the best, you know, the best lyricists and artists that I think, you know, exists. And when we get together, we write songs that are just like, you just can't escape them. And Not Even the King really talks about, you know, some people are so poor, all that they want is money. You know, and diamonds, some people spend their whole life counting their thousands, but I don't care what they bring. They can have everything. They can't afford what we have, not even the king. And that to me is what the holidays is about. So it's a, it's it's that's my vibe. You know, I love that real music, melodies, structure It just feels like it can last forever and, and touch you in a real way.
0: And then, of course, you have these classic Christmas covers of co- on the album as well. Um, you know, with a wealth of music to choose from, how did you choose the songs that you picked for the album to cover?
1: I really went for my favorites. I did. I just, I like, you think of the ones, and I was just like, my favorite. Christmas time is one of my, Christmas time is here. It's one of my, it just does something to me that I can't explain. And every time I hear it, I feel like that. And I really wanted to, to put my spin on it, I wanted to create like a young Michael Jackson meets Quincy Jones kind of, and the Vince Vince Gavaldi trio kind of all meshed up together. And I I love how that song how it sounds. the 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 um, background vocals are like super layered and lush. You know, kind of like that. That Michael off the wall vibe, and then and then the the music has those like expansive sevens and nines. It's just like oh, you can't help it. You hear the chorus, and you're just like, this sounds so good and warm. So again, it was just like that was one of my favorites, and I wanted to put my spin on it. Santa Baby by Eartha Kitt is like by far to me one of the best written songs of all time. I just love the cheekiness, the flirtiness. I love the way that she approached it, especially in the, in that time, you know, as a woman in that time, like she was totally bold, brave. She wasn't trying to meet anybody else's standards. She she, she set her own direction and journey and lane. And so that song to me, I was very excited to, to bring that out, you know, in my style. And then, you know, any other song that I chose, like a, a happy Christmas, I think that's a that's such a beautiful one. I just love how the, the piano is something that drives so much, but you think it's a happy Christmas, but then it's talking about war is over. I mean, all the things we're experiencing in the world with with just, you know, oppression and and wars all over and and things that are seeming to be at the precipice of exploding politically. It just felt like it was the right type of song to really just continue to remember, like, what are, what are you trying to be about? And what am I trying to be about? So all the songs, like, that was, that was, but it was, fun I made the list I tried them out one of my favorite ones favorite things I kind of put a very jazzy swing on it but then it has this kind of talk rhyme piece and you catch the melodies but it's not exactly like totally the traditional way again I'm just always trying to deconstruct stuff anyway so it was really fun I really enjoyed it and I love the album and I love how people are responding to it I think it's very genuine
2: I love the way uh, Alicia slipped into kind of Christmas puns without even realizing it. She's like, she made a list, and she talked about her favorite things. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Check off that list. Check them all twice. Um, you saw that? um,
2: (laughs) Katie and I were talking the other day, and you know, we talk about, you know, I wonder what. You know some of our favorite artists do around the holiday season like do they get together with their family their friends like what do they do and i always think when i was younger we would actually get out the record player and put on like johnny mathis on the turntable but then i thought alicia plays the piano And like was she as a kid like playing the piano and like christmas songs around the holidays i'm wondering did that happen when you were younger like were you getting the piano out and playing for the family
1: I was not very much the, like, I'm going to bust out the Christmas carols (laughs) player of the house. I definitely agree. I think records were a big thing, you know, like, just playing records. My mother... Uh, has a great record collection and she would always play records. Definitely. I I have my favorite albums that like every year I can't wait to hear them and I can't wait to play them. So I'm, I'm playing them all the time. Now they've become like my kids' favorite songs too. And, you know, there's that piece. I definitely, because Egypt is also playing piano, you know, part of, we're always kind of working on sight reading and working on just ways to keep like learning. Cause I also have to practice just as much because, you know, you don't use it, you lose it. And so you know i do like find the duets that we can do i think i find that to be fun and then we can kind of sit around and maybe do three or four and it's it that is a fun little family moment but i never did that as a kid i'm doing that more kind of now um but mostly it's just about good vibes definitely family um you know the right family with the right energy and it's about you know being grateful and, you know, spending time together and and doing fun things. We love board games. We love card games. We love movie nights. We like to like go to the trampoline place and jump and be crazy, like whatever. We just like to have fun. And finally, um, you
0: know, you talked about what you do with your family. This album, you know, is probably going to soundtrack a lot of family memories moving forward, too. What does that mean to you as an artist to have this this thing that's probably going to go on for season after season and people are going to make their own memories to it?
1: I think that's the coolest part about the whole holiday experience. You get to really, I mean, music lives forever regardless, but I think there is something about the holiday experience that you do keep going back to your favorites and you do get a chance to, you know, there, there's timeless music that you just every year, you're going to hear it and you need it and you love it. And I really want to be a part of that group of timeless, you know, compositions that you can just forever love, forever depend on and forever create, you know, memories with your family and your loved ones with. So it does, it feels special. It really does. It just feels different than any other time of year. Everybody's a little more open. Everybody's a little bit more thoughtful and kind. Hopefully, and if they're not, stay far away from those people. <laughs> so that's the, you know, I, I think you really feel it.
0: Did you have your own favorite Christmas music growing
1: up or right now? My, fa- I love Boyz II Men Christmas album. That's one of my favorites. I definitely love our Charlie Brown Christmas. You can't get enough of it. It just has like that feeling you just feel good when you listen to it. One of the best soundtracks. I love my first album that I was ever, my my first album I was ever on was called the So So Deaf Christmas album. And I wrote, I did my version of the little drummer Girl, I called it. I really like that album. It's actually a really strong album. I love George Winston, December. He's a piano player and he has like November and December and spring and he has all these different kind of titles. But his December music is so beautiful. It just feels like Christmas. It feels like the holidays. That's a really good one, too. And, you know, you're always discovering Donnie Hathaway's, the Ella Fitzgerald's and that King Cole's. I mean, you just the Ave Maria, the Motown Christmas album. Album, my favorite and the funniest Christmas album that I ever discovered that I can't get enough of is James Brown's holiday albums. He has so, I mean, he has a whole collection of holiday albums, like eight, so many of them. And one of the best songs is called Santa Go Straight to the Ghetto. <laughs> That's a perfection. Man. I love James Brown. So.
0: That's amazing. Well, James is the perfect note to leave this on. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. And, you know, have a happy holiday season with your family. Thank you. You too.
1: Lots of love. Thanks for your support for Santa, baby. And can't wait to see you guys soon.
0: Thank you so much to Alicia Keys. She's exactly as warm and wonderful as you want her to be. She's everything you want and more. (laughs) she's, She's fabulous. And, you know, she joins a pantheon of just super impressive Christmas guests that have been on the podcast in the past, too. Like... Just rattle some things off. I spoke with Darlene Love. You spoke with Johnny Mathis. I talked to Gwen Stefani. You talked to Sarah McLaughlin oh, right. about her holiday album. We've had Jimmy Fallon. We've had Dina Menzel. We've had Darren Chris. So many like super amazing, impressive holiday guests. Wow. That so, is. Yeah. And Alicia is just like the star on top of the Christmas tree. Every year, that star just keeps getting brighter and brighter. <laughs> We're coming for you, Mariah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Well, now it's time. For the chart stat of the week
1: she's just a girl and she's on fire hotter than a fantasy lonely like a highway
2: 10 years ago alicia key's girl on fire album hit number one on the billboard 200 chart the set debuted atop the list dated december 15th 2012 and marked her fifth chart topping set the album was led by the title track, which reached number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100 the same week. An aside, I recall at the time being really frustrated as a chart fan that the song jumped 21 to 11 that mm. week and missed the top 10. It hurts. It would then spend the next 13 weeks bouncing around between numbers 12 and 17 on the charts.
0: Yeah. Oh, so close. (laughs) Despite all of us being able to sing that chorus right now on the drop of a dime, (laughs) the whole world heard you say the title and started singing to themselves. All right. The Girl on Fire album would later win
2: the Grammy Award for Best R&B Album, and the set would finish 2013 as uh, the number five year-end top R&B album on Billboard's year-end charts, while the song would also close 2013 as the year's fifth biggest song on the Hot R&B Songs chart. To date... The song Girl on Fire has accumulated over a half billion on-demand official Damn. streams in the U.S., according to Luminate. So there you have it. Ten years ago, Alicia Keys was, wait for it, on fire <laughs> on Billboard's charts with the Girl on Fire album and single. This. All right, we've reached the end of our big show. I want to say one thing before we go. Please. It's a piece of pop news. Talk to me. Super diva, awesome, amazing pop. Janet. Janet Jackson. We're going to
0: be together again. Dream For her, her new tour. together again <laughs> On
2: Monday, she announced that she is going on tour, the Together Again tour with special guest Ludacris. Love that. Uh, the tour starts April 14th in Hollywood, Florida at the Hard Rock Live Arena and continues on through, at this point, June 21st in Seattle. When's she coming to L.A.? Keys. She is coming to Los Angeles. On June 10th, playing the
0: Hollywood Bowl, opening (sighs) night of the Hollywood Bowl this season. What? I need to go to that. I've never seen a proper Janet concert. Wow. I also really love Ludacris. I'm actually really excited. And on top of
2: all that, I love the Hollywood Bowl. um, She also teased, uh, she announced this in a uh, sort of a live. Instagram stream, she uh, teased that there is new music coming. Ooh, love it. So I don't know what that really means. Uh, she uh, put out a little something around her, um, her bio uh, yeah, the, A&E series. Yeah, there was like a 10-second teaser of a new song in the end credits of the, oh, bo- of the document. Oh, I thought that they
0: put out the proper song. They never did. I don't think so. Okay, well, maybe that's
2: what's coming. It's, it's, been, a minute, <laughs> it's been a minute since we've had a brand new album from Janet. Um, Unbreakable was the last album, and I think the last proper full song was Made for Now. That song... Ah, uh, that should put out. Oh, oh I was probably. thinking of the one that was like asleep. What was that one? No sleep. That no was, sleep. That was the first single from Unbreakable. Okay, here we go. Uh, Made for Now was uh, the. It was a one-off single a few years mm. ago. Um, great video. Had a great performance on Jimmy Fallon. Oh, I'm as well. so
0: excited! And not to mention, she looks fantastic these days—like insane. Janet is fantastic. Yeah, she cle- truly is. We're clearly
2: all going to go fans. see her on tour. So there's a little bit of pop culture show. you, me,
0: and Gail. <laughs> yes. I'm calling it right now. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. <laughs> all right, uh, what song should we go out on? This oh my week? gosh, well, we've gone through. A lot. I feel like we should go out on Janet. Sure, we can go out on together again. Oh, that makes sense. All right, Please. see you guys next time. Bye. Uh, no.